Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. Time for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think, Jamil Zainashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy, hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. Hey, greetings, greetings. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, time for another wonderful session of uh, Brew Strong. Everybody. It is, isn't it? Yes. And I'm loving the clock in the uh, studio here. It gives me a chance <laughs> to actually track what's going on and keep hold of things. Keep hold uh. of my Palmer. Yep. Pardon me. I'm having some ruthless rye at the moment. <laughs> oh, that's how oh, Jay-Z's holding up the same thing. Kindred ah, okay. spirits. Yes. Palmer and I are, are very... We're different, but very much the same in a lot of ways. Yep. We're in sync. Yes. Soulmates. We, we are, I think, mm-hmm. uh, uh, that's why we were able to, you know, we try and do as many shows as we can together in the studio. Uh, you know, there's uh, Southern California and Northern California. There's, you know, it's it's an expense that's, and uh, a time, yeah. uh, you know, a time resource thing that we can't always do. So uh, sometimes uh, John's uh, down south, but if we never miss a beat, we we know how <laughs> each other thinks. Yep. It's like it's like we're inside the same skin. <laughs> well, there was that time we we shared that uh, lambskin condom, uh, natural <laughs> condom. Yeah, we wow. both we both fit in the. Uh, what was it? A medium, or was that a small? I I do not recall, remember. <laughs> I do not recall that. I uh, based <laughs> on the Fifth Amendment. <laughs> I do not. Uh, I do not remember that uh, incident. Uh, John just typed me a message and he says he thinks it was latex. Latex. That's the problem. Oh, that's right. I thought, <laughs> yeah, I thought it was uh, natural lambskin because I have a little latex thing going. I on. think you're I thinking know. of that shave me video. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about, but it just sounds disgusting. Oh, you mean the sheep <laughs> the sheep shearing? Yeah, the sheep shearing thing. Oh yeah, yeah. check out sheep shearing. Uh, with uh, what's his name from uh, Family Guy? Yeah, a Scott, Seth MacFarlane. Seth MacFarlane. Sheep. Yeah, Google Seth MacFarlane sheep sharing video, and uh, listen to that. You don't even need to watch it. You just listen to that. You that's that's an experience. You'd be right weirded there. out for years. Yeah. Speaking of being weirded out for years, when I first met John Blakeman, <laughs> I thought he was. Just a straight and narrow, church-going man, pillar of his community. And then I realized that he really was church-going's pillar of his community. But he's got a very funny, bizarre side to him, too. You know, yeah. once you get to know him, uh, he's he's just so much fun. And He's uh, one of us. Yep. Yeah, you, you, you go, and, go and meet him at the uh, Homebrewers Conference. He'll be very professional, very polite. Very thoughtful when you ask him questions. Uh, very helpful, very kind, very generous. You know, and then once you get to know him a little bit better, he'll start telling you uh, a couple of jokes and things like that. And he's he's just a, a wonderful person, and uh, he puts all that wonderful attitude into and then that that brain power into trying to innovate your homebrew day. And uh, you should go and check out the things that Blickman Engineering has to has to offer. You know, go to, go to the, if you're at the conference, eh, any of the homebrew conferences, uh, Blickman Engineering shows up to all of them, and you know, see what what new stuff they have to offer, and check it out on their webpage, uh, BlickmanEngineering.com. Blickman with two ends. 
fantastic folks. Uh, they really are passionate about homebrewing, really are passionate about the homebrewer, really passionate about the, the entire hobby and just being a, a great, productive, positive force in homebrewing. So we're really proud to have them as, as uh, sponsors, uh, all joking yep. aside. So if you get a chance, I think you should be proud that they, they sponsor a show you listen to and uh, tell them that. You know, go go email John Blickman uh, and uh, let him know that you appreciate the fact that they, they spend money on, on this and uh, that you enjoy it. All right. We're going to do another... Uh, <laughs> shear it. Fucking shear me. Shear that goddamn shit off me. Fuck you. I had to do it. I'm sorry. Give people some context. He's like, he's out there shearing the sheep, and the sheep is really enjoying it. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Fucking shear my ass, bitch. And the the guy who's doing the shearing gets really weirded out. He's like, I thought we were friends. Come on, dude. What's your problem? I'm not going to do it. You're freaking me out. You can't stop <laughs> you gotta watch the whole thing. It's absolutely, it's it's fantastic. I'm gonna watch it. it. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> while you, you while you're it. answering beer questions, I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> right, right. Uh, speaking of uh, beer questions, Michael he uh, has a question about contaminated beer. He says, "Hey, Jay Z, Jay Z, Rock Candy, and Moscow. Absolutely love your show and all the info you guys share. I have a friend who has given me six different beers he brewed, and every one was awful." They all have the same vinyl or plastic flavor. They remind me of a brand of new pool raft or Band-Aid. I want to try and give him some positive feedback, but honestly, there is nothing good about them. So maybe at least I could help him to correct his beers. What in the hell could be making everyone whose beers so nasty? I took his White House honey porter, clone almost puked, sour, funky plastic, and grayish brown in color. Obviously, some fucked up sanitation practices going on. What could cause such consistently shitty beer? I've never brewed with him, but this is what I know. All grain, repitches his yeast sometimes, no fermentation temperature control, makes shitty grayish brown beer. Anyway, sorry for the long-winded dinosaurs dying earth cooling email, but I'm at a loss for a way to help him. Thanks, guys. Brew strong. Leaky Polynesian. <laughs> Leaky. Um, I think you're on the the right track. It's um, you know phenols are either from uh, yeast, and uh, you know there's only specific uh, uh, yeasts that have the phenol uh, uh, expression off flavor gene, and that's you know certain Belgians, and then it's you know some wild yeasts. So you would think wild yeast. Uh, the other thing that, you know, a medicinal Band-Aid phenol comes from could be, you know, chlorine as a sanitizer, not thoroughly rinsed. So it's got to be yep. one or the other of those. Probably warm temperatures, residual sanitizer, or, um, you know, a, just a, a house infection, you know, wild yeast infection or something like that. I think house infection, especially if they're coming across sour. The only thing that's yeah. going to make it sour yeah. is bacteria. Uh, Britannomyces can as well, and certain wild yeasts can as well. They can produce acetic acid with excessive amounts of oxygen. So, if you can tell if the sourness is acetic or lactic, that gives you a clue right there. Of course, um, you know, Acetobacter, that can come from, uh, uh, you know, exposure to, you know, fruit flies and things like that. Um, otherwise, uh, you know, if it's lactic or something, it could be, you know, lactobacillus, pediococcus, things like that, a lactic acid forming, uh, bacteria, but still, you know, wild yeast, uh, bacteria sounds most likely, uh, you know, have him throw away all his plastic parts, have him, you know, clean thoroughly, have him, uh, you know, look at all those aspects of it. And, uh, I, uh, you know, I don't envy you having to tell somebody that their beer could use some improvement but i do appreciate the fact that you're willing to go invest the effort and try and help somebody make better beer because a lot of times people you know aren't willing to do that i think it's it's uh, you know, a good thing to try and do um and get him to stop repitching his yeast until this clears up so you know maybe even go to dry yeast you know it's, it's fairly consistent um you know, and cheap and easy to, to start with and then, you know, get him over to liquid yeast and starters and things like that to improve. But until he can 
you know, just make a cleanish beer, um, you know, go that route. Anyways, yeah. uh, I, I'm very proud of Leaky. He's uh, doing God's work. All right, let's see here. Uh, let's, let's let's do one more before we go to break. Uh, Jeremiah says, uh, first off, thanks so much for your shows. Just started brewing a few months ago, and they have helped out a ton. I just finished listening to the Bruce Strong episodes on filtering and packaging, and hopefully a simple question about conditioning, clarifying beer in a corny keg. Tasty, and maybe Jamal also mentioned that after fermentation, he racks to a corny keg and conditions clarifies in the fridge for a week so everything will settle out. But he said he doesn't carbonate the beer until after that time. So I understand it. you have to put some pressure, 20 to 30 PSI, in the keg just to seal the lid. But if you don't do that, won't. if you do that, it will end up carbonating the beer. So how do you condition, clarify the beer in a corny without carbonating it? Thanks for the great shows. Uh, for me, I condition and carbonate, that's all the same thing. So... The beer's finished. I feel like you know the yeast have completed doing everything that they're possibly going to do. I rack it to the corny keg. I jack it up with uh, pressure, and sometimes corny kegs won't seal very well. So the levers that uh, hold the lid down, if you open those midway to the tight point, the tightest point, that'll help seal. And you can also pull up on those when you're just putting you know ten psi, and, and they should seal. If not, um, either the the, the lid is bent or you have an old dried out uh, uh, seal on there and you should replace that but you should be able to get a seal with just a regular amount of uh, pressure and then I just let it sit for a week or so in the fridge and let the CO2 build to a reasonable point to equilibrium and uh, I I set it at the pressure for the temperature of the fridge so I don't have to worry that oh it's going to over carbonate or under carbonate I just set it for whatever and then uh at the same time, everything's dropping out over time. Anything to add to that, John? How do I, do, I do it the same way you do. I, I'll, yeah, I mean, I'll leave it, leave the beer in the fermenter for a couple weeks. You know, rack it to a keg, throw in the bridge in the fridge, put the pressure on. You know, fifteen, twenty, depending on you know what kind of style it is, and then I'll just I'll leave it and I won't touch it for a week, <clears throat> and it's it comes out clear and. And uh, carbonated. Well, and um, yeah, you know, I'm I'm never in that much of a hurry to get you know beer out. You know, I'm. Uh, I have had beers that I've had to find in the keg, and car then and carbonate at the same time to help the clarity. But um, I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any hindrance to clarification by carbonation. Yeah, I, I not at all. I, you know, people as long as you're not bubbling it up from the bottom, you right. know, people think that somehow will disturb it, but it it just diffuses into solution at the the top surface area of the the keg, the 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 liquid CO2 interface and it just diffuses in its liquid. Or, I mean, it's in the liquid. It's not in bubbles or anything. Is is there a minimum threshold under which beer will not carbonate? Like, in other words, if you put one psi in there, will it it'll carbonate a Any, tiny little bit? Yeah, anything yeah. over uh, atmospheric pressure, even atmospheric pressure, there's carbon dioxide dissolved in the beer at atmospheric pressure. Um, the higher the pressure, the more carbon dioxide is going to dissolve in there, or whatever gas you have in the vessel. So, if you increase the pressure and you have oxygen in there and whatever, it'll all dissolve to some extent into the beer so because it sounded to me like he was saying well i have to put a little pressure in there to seal the the top but i don't right. want to carb my beer but that's no, not possible right carbonate the beer right yeah that's what he was saying yeah it's, it's not, not necessary possible. to not carbonate it yeah you just go ahead and do it uh you know if you're counting on the yeast activity for some reason like people want to lager their beer and have the yeast active and they slowly lower the temperature down to no lower than 40 and count on yeast activity. Increasing CO2 pressure, it does minimize the um, activity of the yeast. Mm-hmm. So that could be an issue there. But, you know, I don't even worry about that. Just you should be doing all that before you put it in the keg. Yeah, that's 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 my thought, too. Yeah, do it while it's warm. Uh, all right, 
Let's take a short break. When we come back, I got a question for Palmer after this. Where do you go for all the stuff you need to brew? Homebrewstuff.com, of course. In their Boise, Idaho storefront and warehouse, they have more than 750 craft beers and 8,000 square feet of homebrew products in stock. The staff at Homebrew Stuff are homebrewers themselves. They try out just about everything, including the beer, so they can answer your questions knowledgeably and correctly about brewing, kegging, and anything else you might need to ask. Don't live near the Homebrew Stuff store? Visit homebrewstuff.com online and take advantage of their $7.95 domestic shipping available on most orders. Homebrewstuff.com is a proud sponsor of the AHA, NHC, GABF, and countless other acronyms. So if you're a homebrewer looking for great people, a great selection, and great deals, head to homebrewstuff.com online or in person. Visit their YouTube channel for loads of free how-to and product videos. All of the stuff you need to brew. Homebrewstuff.com when you hear Blickman Engineering, think innovation, passion, quality, and customer service. Blickman Gear is designed by brewers to give you a sense of pride in your equipment. At Blickman, they know what makes brewing a pain and build gear that makes it fun. Like the Intuitive Beer Gun, a completely different approach to filling bottles. The Therminator Wart Chiller, a new take on a plate chiller that's sized for flow, performance, and the high groundwater temps homebrewers face every day. The Brewmometer, a brilliant weld thermometer design with brewing parameters right on the dial. The auto sparge, ultimate simplicity for preventing an overflow or running your mash tun dry. And much more, like the modular top-tier brewing stand, conical fermenters, and their boiler maker brew pots. With more cutting-edge equipment coming soon, keep up with the latest from Blickman at BlickmanEngineering.com and stay on the cutting edge. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, More Beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanisha, and I love a bold, hoppy beer, one that spits resin in your face and makes you cry, uncle. There are a lot of great hoppy beers out there, but at Heretic, we want to make something as bold, dank, and resiny as possible. We use hops at every chance we get, including multiple dry hop additions. The result is Heretic Evil Cousin. This light golden, 8% Imperial IPA has an easy malt character that helps take the edge off the massive bittering, but it takes a backseat to the in-your-face hop character. We make sure this beer finishes dry so the hops can jump out and slam me in the taste buds. If you can't get enough hoppy goodness, Evil Cousin is your cup of tea. Cheers. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of our 11 varieties of famous Williams Malt Extract. Our Williams Belgian Pale Extract is mashed with pure Belgian two-row malt and a small percentage of Belgian wheat malt for an authentic Belgian character you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out our unique fermenters, two-and-a-half-gallon kegs, paintball tank-based draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and much more. We even have our own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse our vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 3.30 p.m. Pacific time ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. 
Are you a member of the American Homebrewers Association? Well, you should be. Members of the AHA can focus on brewing beer, and the AHA takes care of the rest. The American Homebrewers Association advocates on behalf of homebrewers like you to legalize the hobby in all 50 states and make sure that beer laws make sense. Plus, there are many great benefits that come with your AHA membership, like AHA member deals that give you awesome deals at bars, restaurants, breweries, and more. Zymergy Magazine and Ezymergy for tons of articles, how-tos, easy-to-follow recipes, and news about the hobby you love, and access to the members-only content on homebrewersassociation.org. But the AHA can't do it without your support. Join today so the American Homebrewers Association can keep fighting for your homebrewing rights. Visit homebrewersassociation.org or join now from the homepage of the Brewing Network website. Relax. Don't worry. It's the American Homebrewers Association. For nearly 15 years, homebrewers have been served by one place in Michigan where you can buy yourself a serial killer grain mill. Adventures in homebrewing. Did you try all those great Michigan beers at the National Homebrewers Conference in San Diego or Seattle? Adventures in homebrewing delivered. Did you see a great false bottom in your buddy's cooler or brew kettle? Adventures in homebrewing delivered that. And did you see that great custom-built brew stand? Yep, Adventures in homebrewing delivered. Since 1999, Adventures in homebrewing in Taylor, Michigan, Ann Arbor, Michigan, and online at homebrewing.org has been serving homebrewers across the globe. Check out their innovative 2.5-gallon keg with metal handles, great homebrew kits, and the fully adjustable Serial Killer Grain Mill. Visit them in Philly for the 2013 National Homebrewers Conference. Not going to make it? Check out all the fun of adventures in homebrewing at homebrewing.org. For a limited time, coupon code BNETWORK will slam 10% off your order. Bam! Adventures in homebrewing. Join the adventure at the Great Lakes Home for homebrewing supplies online at homebrewing.org. And don't forget coupon code BNETWORK for a limited time. Join the adventure today. Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. All right, what do you got for me? Oh, I got something for you. Uh, <coughs> Clayton, essentially, now that I've distilled it down, he wants to know. Uh, he wants to learn a lot about chemistry and brewing and water and things like that. And he wanted to know if he read all of how to brew and learned it religiously would he basically know everything that he would need to know about the chemistry of brewing or maybe a little more need to know for what purpose to right. brew Clayton, I mean, i'm sorry you're on a need to know basis and you yeah. don't need to know that um there's I, uh, how to brews is strictly a surface scratching kind of book um i mean it's comprehensive and it it touches right. on well, a lot of different of subjects but, sort of book, but yeah. it uh it yeah. it doesn't it doesn't go deep into the chemistry at all even the water book which i just which colin and i just finished um with much help from aj and martin brungard uh scratches the surface uh, when it comes to chemistry. Well, thank, um, thank frickin' God it's not a, a primer on chemistry. Yeah. You know, you don't need a chemistry book. All right, so here's, yeah, I'll answer this question for you. That's what I should have done in the first place. <laughs> John's being much too kind. All right, first off, if you don't have how to brew, you should get it. I don't care what level of brewery you think you are. You should buy a copy of How to Brew, and you should read it cover to cover. Even the stuff they go, I already know all that stuff. Read it anyways. Get and, and it's like, well, I read it on the internet. Uh, John put a free copy out on the internet. That was like version one. What are you? Yeah. Uh, you're on three or four now. Yeah, you're, working on four. You're working on four. Every time it comes out of the new version, buy the new version. Peel off the twenty bucks or whatever it is for a copy. But I'm already running Windows ninety five. Right? Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> and I'm telling you, read the thing. I I, had, I was already you know winning a lot of awards and stuff like that. I knew what I was doing, and I read it. And I was like, oh wow, this really you know it clarified things for me. Things that I thought are kind of new. It was I found it very helpful. So if you don't have a copy of How to Brew, I can't consider you a, a, a passion homebrewer. You're you're a dabbler. You're a dabbler. If you don't have How to Brew, so get yourself a copy of How to Brew. The Brew Network sells it. It's well worth it. 
Read the whole thing cover to cover. You will learn. I guarantee you will learn some stuff that you did not know by reading that book. If you don't, call me up. I may refund your money. I don't know. That or I'll give you the jet ski that's parked out front. The other thing is, you know, chemistry. I I, I think the water book will be a good good thing. I mean, I I think it's going to have chemistry in it that you need to know. You know, more probably more chemistry than you need to know about water is going to be in that book. I guarantee you that. Yeah. You don't need to be have a PhD in chemistry to brew great beer. Having familiarity with the stuff and understanding what's going on in the process will help you. And you'll get that from, I think, How to Brew, from the Water Book, from, you know, the, the various the homebrew book books. Yeast Book's Hops got book. a little bit in it. Hops yeah. Book does. I think that's, you know, and I assume the Malt Book will. I think that's really the way to go. But again, you know, how to brew isn't going to teach you everything about brewing, but it's got a lot of stuff in it that when you learn to brew, uh, you know, through various bits and pieces, there's some areas that you did not get covered. I guarantee it. But if you read that thing from from cover to cover, you're going to pick up a few things that you missed in your education as a as a brewer. Now, we probably cover a lot of it on these shows. But yep. at the time you listened to it, you were drinking, you did not retain it, so read How to Brew and you, you'd be set. I think Clayton was just trying to set us up to plug How to Brew for five minutes. Thanks, Clayton. <laughs> <laughs> no, John will Thank plug you, it. I think, it's, uh, I think it's the best, uh, you know, uh, brewing book out there. So, uh, you know, for home brewers, uh, you know, if, seriously, if you, if you have not read that, if you don't have a copy... Um, I think you've missed out. Uh, yeah, it's, it's up to everybody. I know people have uh, financial uh, restrictions on themselves, so uh, you know, not going to freak out about it. But really, uh, yeah. you you should. And the other thing you should do is uh, support the AHA. Uh, while I'm yeah. on my soapbox, I think uh, you know the American Homebrewers Association. They do a lot of great things. Uh, you know, they really support the homebrew community. They're out there looking after you know homebrewing as a hobby. And, uh, you know, at the government level, uh, at, the, at the community level, they yeah. put on that fantastic conference that we're going to be at in Philly, like 3,000 people. They do the competition. They do the uh, Zymergy magazine. They do the pub discount program. Uh, you know, just absolutely fantastic. And you can sign up through the Brew Network. And uh, the Brew Network is a little slice of the... Uh, the pie when you do that. So you're supporting two great organizations all at once. So uh, check it out. AHA, the American Homebrewers Association. George says, uh, oh, George is from Melbourne. Ah, one of my favorite cities. Mine as well. John and I spent a very lovely romantic time in Melbourne. Week in Melbourne. <laughs> Yeah, New Zealand is beautiful. Do you guys have a good time? Repeat. Australia. Yes, he knows. All right. uh, I have been to New Zealand, too. I've got some New Zealand people coming on Monday. Don't, don't they us. hate to be confused with uh, each other? That's, that's oh, why I cracked the joke. Oh, yeah, gym. they say all that. But, um, hi, I have a question I hope you folks can shed some light on. My setup uses a pump that recirculates wort from the center bottom of the kettle straight up, kind of a Braumeister clone. It looks like a moderate rolling boil, even when it's not at boiling temp. I was wondering if you could pocket the benefit of not using so much energy boiling and reducing the risk of boilovers by using the agitation caused by the pump at, say, 90 or 95C. Would hop utilization be similar? Could there be other effects by not actually reaching 100C? Well, you do get reduced hop utilization, hop isomerization, at less than boiling temperatures. Mm-hmm. Um, but you the, still do over, what, 175 or so? It's still isomerizing the hops at, yes. at a reduced rate. However, one of the things that, uh, you know, if you heat up uh, a static portion of liquid and there's like a hot pile on the bottom, your isomerization is not as good with that hot pile on the bottom. It will increase if you can stir the entire thing up and get it moving throughout the, the liquid column. Um, you actually increase isomerization with that. Yeah, yeah. It's part of the benefit of boiling is the motion of the liquid. 
So I think you could still get some pretty good isomerization. Yes? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and? Um, so hop utilization would be reduced. That was one of the yeah. questions. Uh, but and you would he, still get utilization. What was the other part of his question? Could there he be wondered? other effects by not actually reaching 100C? Well, the the flavor of the beer due to melanoidin reactions is going to be different. Right. Um, also, so. you would not um, concentrate as rapidly. Yeah. I think you'd end up running it longer trying to attain concentration and uh, appropriate utilization and other things. I, I I would think, though, I don't think it's necessarily a good idea to do this. I think, you know, just go with the simplest way first. But mm. I would think that you could kind of compensate with some of these things and maybe make a great beer. One, uh, increase your bittering charge. Yeah. To get yourself, you know, the to adjust for the, the lower summarization. I think the fact that you're not really boiling hard and long for, you know, a certain amount of time, your your bittering character, I find, you know, the the more you bitter those hops, uh the more you you the longer you you boil for bitter, the the more abrasive the bittering is. So I've never been a fan of that. So you, maybe you get something, you know, a more as they say refined bittering. Yeah. Um, but then there's DMS too. Right, but again, you are forming uh, SMM is um, you know evolving and forming uh, you know those DMS. Yeah, you precursors. are moving the liquid, aren't you? And, right, and it's exposed to the surface. As long as you see steam yeah. coming off, you see vapor rising off of it, and you are exchanging the liquid surface. I think you'd be yeah. okay there. Um, I think you're right about the melanoidin formations. You're going to get a different set. So you may need to adjust your grain bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, it's very similar to boiling at altitude, right? So let's say you're yes. in Denver and you're boiling and you're at what temperature? You're, I mean, it's considerably reduced, right? Yeah. A mile up. I, I can't remember what the number is. So you're at, you're at that lower temperature. Uh, I'm sorry, what? I think it's 208. 208, which is... 90, versus 212. 90. Something C, yeah, right. So you're already there, and you're but you're getting the agitation. So I would think it'd be very similar to that to, to brewing at altitude. Now at altitude you have reduced atmospheric pressure, so maybe you're getting more volatilization. You're getting more evolution of uh, these volatiles easier without being like at sea level and pumping. So that may be a negative. Uh, good question. And I think, uh, yeah, we know people can make great beer in Denver. But I think, um, you know, the higher atmospheric pressure, reduced temperature, that might... Yeah, but I think you could overcome it. I, I do. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if... You we, just got to adjust your, adjust your ingredients. And, and really just... Um, you know, brew and then adjust and brew again to find the, you know, make some additions, changes in the grain bill to find the flavors you're looking for, you know, at those conditions. There you go. Repeat. Yep. Measure, repeat, do it again. All right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Garrett writes in, uh, speaking of DMS, he writes in and says, uh, over the summer, I brewed a Dortmund or export. This recipe I brewed several times. Competition success. This batch wasn't quite right. Distinct DMS note to it. Other than the corn flavor, everything else was fine. The beer was quite drinkable. The fact that one metals as American lager, not supposed to be, but it was supposed to be a Dortmunder. I brewed the beer using the same procedure as I always have. 90-minute boil, fast whirlpool, chill. Lots of yeast, controlled fermentation, same malt supplier too, RAR. The only difference from previous batches, I switched from using the mill at the homebrew shop and purchased a mill of my own to having a much finer crush than I'm used to. Could this be the cause in the flavor change, or is there another path that could have allowed this DMS flavor into the beer? 
would crush affect DMS? I suppose it could, but if he's still, if he's doing the 90 minute boil, it should. Right. I would think, I mean, there's always many minor factors that could affect DMS. DMS, I mean, there could be something else that is a sulfur-based compound that is occurring due to some other factor in the beer. Yeah. And it could be, you know, a fermentation or contamination-related thing. The other possibility is you're using the same malt supplier, but if it's a different crop year or a different malted batch... And the temperature, they went, you know, a lower temperature for a longer period of time, something like that. Maybe there's more SMM in that than there previously was. I mean, a 90-minute boil generally will take care of it. The other possibility is, you know, and, and generally if you boil 90 or 100 minutes, you, you should not get DMS from the malt. Um, you know, the possibility is your boil was slightly subsided, you know, slightly yeah. less than it was in the past. I mean, there's real subtle little changes. A lot of people, I'm always amazed people talk about, you know, the boil. It's like, well, they just talk about it as it was boiling. I'm like, you know, was it a, you know, how high were the bubbles? What shape were the bubbles? How many bubbles? Where were the bubbles traveling? What did it look like? You know, I, I you know, I'm like, I'm like an Eskimo about boiling, right? So the Eskimos <laughs> have 21 different words for snow. I got 21 different words for boil. And... I, I can look at it. I can see a lot of differences. You know, I, you know, just just barely bumping up the temperature. It's like it looks completely different to me. And you know, there's a wide range of what we call boiling, and that is something that uh, I think you know could possibly be a factor as well. But I would I would focus in on. Um, you know, it not necessarily being DMS, or it could be a DMS, uh, you know, related compound, some sulfur-related compound from some other aspect of the brew. Um, you know, maybe fermentation was not quite as vigorous, blowing off, things like that. I would look at those subtle little things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to think if it might be yeast-related, too. Um some, as you say, some other sulfur compound that's um, manifesting as or enhancing the DNS, DMS character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm had, enjoying this ruthless rye, by the way. You had something. Yeah, I'm, I'm randomly picking through, uh, picking through the. Q&A questions here, the 1,000 Q&A questions. And Kevin says, uh, Hey, Jamal. Hey, John. Love the show. Big fan. I have a question concerning sugars in beer, such as honey, Belgian candy syrup, etc. How does it work with the beer wort mostly? What are some of the benefits to using these sugars? I haven't been able to get a clear answer, even from Palmer's How to Brew. Big fan, by the way. This book. <laughs> this is the book that got me started in interesting brewing. Any help or advice would be very much appreciated. Thank you, and Bruce Strong. I think Palmer just blew a capillary over there. Yeah, right, Palmer? <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. He said How to Brew didn't have enough information for him. Yeah. Not like we just didn't spend five minutes explaining that a minute ago. That it had everything that you could possibly want to know. No, it doesn't have everything you want to know, but it's got stuff seriously that you um, that you should know that you don't know you you don't know. Um, <laughs> there's there's stuff in there that you will learn. Pick up a copy. I don't care how long you've been homebrewing. Pick up a copy and read through the whole thing, and I guarantee you, you're going to find something in there that you did not know about about uh, brewing that is going to be helpful to you. If not, then you're just an asshole. All right. Uh, let's see here. <coughs> so, sugars. He how does that affect the beer? Right. How flavor? does it affect it? Mostly, you know, most of, you know, honey, candy syrup, things like that. If they're light in color, they essentially just thin out the beer in a way, um, resulting in a drier finish, higher alcohol levels. Uh, less they have malt character. Less malt character. Um, different sugars do ferment differently and produce different flavors, but generally the, the the clearer ones have very little impact other than increasing alcohol and 
and uh, resulting in uh, a drier finish overall, a uh, perception of a drier finish. Mm-hmm. When you have, you know, candy syrups and things like that that are really dark, like the dark candy syrups, uh, that actually has a huge flavor impact, and, and they're really used mainly for their, their flavor uh, and character there. Yeah, molasses, caramel, vanilla, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. different things, yeah. Right. So, you know, the the benefits are, uh, you know, if you want to increase alcohol, lower lower the uh, perceived dryness, um, you know, uh, especially honey. I mean, things like that. Honey, table sugar, beet sugar, for me, they're almost all interchangeable. They tend to ferment out so dry and almost flavorless that it's just an alcohol boost and, uh, and a dryness uh, overall. Mm-hmm. If you replace... You know, a portion of malt. If you want to have like a seven percent ABV beer and you've got it all grain, it's coming out kind of seems kind of heavy, a little too much malt character. You could take some of the grain out and replace it with an equivalent gravity points of sugar, plain table sugar, and the beer is going to seem much drier, uh, you know, and lighter, but still, you know, uh, very you know same alcohol and, and similar in a lot of ways, but drier, lighter, crisper. Uh, a little easier drinking, you know, not so yeah. heavy. Yeah, uh, we do. I, had, I like uh, a good triple. I mean, I had a real yeah, nice yeah. triple at the Southern California Homebrew Fest last weekend, mm-hmm. and uh, hot day, and you know, a light body beer, but uh, great flavor went down really well. And that's that's what sugar brings to uh, the recipe. It helps you go down really well. Yeah, yeah. There's that LPN type beer, I guess, or. LPR? LPR. There we go. Scott was telling me about it. Well, and and the thing I want to tell you about is uh, our fine sponsor, uh, Adam and Eve. Yeah. Yeah, if you're looking for uh, surprising your, your brew brew buddy, let's say you, you brew beer with a, a friend, yeah, and you want to... Buddy with uh, a birthday coming up. He, he's got a birthday, and you don't know what to get the brewer who has everything, get him a giant dildo at adamandeve.com. Oh, yeah. You use the offer code Jamel, J-A-M-I-L, uh, at adamandeve.com. You'll get 50% off that giant dildo or almost any other item that they got there. With that, you can buy your buddy the giant dildo. get 50% off. They're going to throw in for you free shipping. So it costs you no more to get the thing delivered. You're looking at the price. You get 50% off. Maybe you got to pay tax. But you're getting, you know, free shipping. They're going to throw in a free mystery gift for you. And you get to choose three free adult DVDs. You're not getting all that uh, brewer-on-brewer crap. You're going to get some good stuff. You get to choose from genres such as anal, amateur, Asian, big breasts, big butts, bisexual, chunky, co-eds, fetish, gay, interactive, POV, lesbian, milfs, etc. And you can even do this from your phone. So you and your buddy, you're in the, you're on the porch, homebrewing. He says something really nice to you about your beer. You're feeling like you should get him a present. You know, you get him some edible panties, some lube, whatever. AdamandEve.com on your phone right there. You can order order him up the giant uh, dildo, the, uh, the triple-aught butt plug, whatever. And yeah, our new flashlight. And get him a flashlight. There you go. Now, what what homebrewer doesn't appreciate one of those? And what homebrewer doesn't have a sexual reaction to someone saying they like their beer? <laughs> That's right. That's right. 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 Instead of sticking your penis in his beer, you could just give him a gift. You could, you know, I'm, they may even have gift wrapping on the side. I'm not sure. But uh, they may. They may. So check it out. AdamandEve.com. Use the offer code Jamel, J-A-M-I-L, and you get 50% off. You get the free gift. You get free shipping. You get the free DVDs. It's a deal that really can't be beat. You're gonna you're gonna uh, be thrilled at, at the quality and uh, the price that you get from adamandeve.com. All right, let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll uh, do more of the Q and A after this. 
Hi, I'm Jason Harris, the proud owner here at Keystone Homebrew Supply. We're thrilled to be entering our 20th year of supplying this great industry. And to show you, the Brewing Network Army, how much we appreciate your support, we're offering you 10% off your first order on our website, keystonehomebrew.com. Just use coupon code BNARMY at checkout, and I'll get your order out the same day. My goal at Keystone Homebrew Supply has always been to have a complete supply of everything a brewer could want. When you place your order online or when you come into our store, it's our goal to have everything on your list and more. One aspect of KeystoneHomebrew.com that we're really excited about is the ability to fulfill customers' exact grain bills. Do you hate to wait? Keystone Homebrew Supply can get your precious yeast and hops to you within just one day if you live between Connecticut and Virginia and within two days east of the Mississippi. KeystoneHomebrew.com I'm Jason Harris, and I approve this message. I-10, huh? Getting tired of that same old handcrafted beverages day after day? Are you looking for something with more diversity than your normal beer? Fellow BN Army member Michael Fairbrother, owner of Moonlight Meadery, is reviving an entire beverage category. Mead! The meads at Moonlight Meadery are all handcrafted from the finest honey on the market and are perfect for any occasion, like weddings, baby showers, or... Excuse me? Mead is not your average girly drink, mister, and Moonlight Meads can be enjoyed anytime, anywhere. Football games with the guys. Yeah. Barbecues with the guys. Yeah. Operating power tools with the guys. Yeah. Um, actually, sir, that's really dangerous. Good point, son. Next time you have something to celebrate or are just looking for a new tasting experience, pick up a bottle of mead from Moonlight Meadery. Now in 21 states, making over 60 varieties of mead from dry, semi-sweet to sweet. Break out of that craft beer law. Grab a bottle of Moonlight Mead. Can't find some? Then ask. No, make that demand some. Yeah! What'd you get? More brewing ingredients? Yep. You know what I love about Brewmaster's Warehouse? The $6.99 shipping. Well, yeah, but... Oh, the in-store classes for beginning brewers. Yeah, that's cool, but... Oh, oh, the brew builder. Creating and saving your recipes online is... Awesome! No, I'm... Yes, but... The cheese-making supplies. No. Oh, the wine-making supplies. Oh, the distilling equipment and liquor flavorings. All that stuff is awesome, yes, but what I really love is that the guy who runs it is totally hot. And, and that brew builder software is awesome. Oh, yeah. Brewmaster's Warehouse brings you flat rate shipping on great equipment and ingredients to make beer, wine, cheese, and spirits at brewmasterswarehouse.com. And if you're in Georgia, stop by Brewmaster's Warehouse Monday through Saturday from 10 to 6. Visit brewmasterswarehouse.com today because it's totally hot. Oh, yeah. A vial of White Labs yeast is the key to your best beer. When you open a vial of White Labs yeast, you're giving your beer its best chance for a perfect fermentation. In addition to their already incredible variety of yeasts, White Labs is proud to announce WLP 90, San Diego Super Yeast, now available year-round. WLP 90 is super clean, super fast fermenting, with low esters and has a neutral flavor and aroma profile. It's alcohol tolerant and highly flocculent. For more of the latest White Labs news, click over to whitelabs.com, where you can read reviews of yeast, learn in the lab section, and join the customer club. And if you should find yourself in San Diego, White Labs has a brand new training facility for craft brewers and home brewers alike. Whitelabs.com. Discover yeast, nutrients, enzymes, and more for commercial breweries, home brewers, and homebrew stores. White Labs. It's all in the vial. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the home brewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your home brew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read 
read your way to better homebrew. Back to your hosts, Jamil Zanashef and John Palmer. Putting the testicles in technical. This is Brew Strong. All right. Another fine Q&A show here. we got some great questions. If you've got questions for the show, you can email them to brewstrong at thebrewingnetwork.com. That's great if you can put Q&A, if you just want to, you know, you've got a specific question, uh, you know, put Q&A in the, in the subject matter, and uh, we'll, we'll get to them as soon as we can. If you got a show idea, put show idea in the, in the title. we get a few of those as well. And yep, those are useful. We appreciate every single one of these bits of feedback. All right, so uh, Jeff Muse says, Greetings, greetings, and hello, Jamel. In the last podcast, Jamal mentioned something about Sierra Nevada fermenting the Chico strain as low as 52 degrees Fahrenheit. I've pitched it around 59 to 60 Fahrenheit several times, but didn't start until it warmed up a couple of degrees. Is there something special that needs to be done in order to get to ferment so cold? Do I need to have my starter work chilled when I add the yeast from the vial, maybe? Thanks and enjoy the show, Jeff. Uh, Jeff, so there's a couple of things. One is, changes, radical changes in temperature tend to affect the yeast. So... You'll want to, if you're making a starter, um, you, you know, you, you can start it warm and grow your yeast up and get it active. You can, if you can very slowly change the temperature down and keep things active, that's one way to do it. If you tend to drop temperature 5 degrees, 10 degrees, something like that, the yeast just tend to go dormant, especially if it's colder than they normally ferment. The other thing you can do, I don't know how Sierra Nevada did it, but the other thing you can do is start warmer. Get it active and then just ease the temperature down, you know, half a degree a day or something like that, and you can get it down to that range. I'm not a big fan of that, but that could let you get down to there. The other thing is, um, uh, you know, pitching enough uh, yeast. So you're not going to get much growth uh, out of that ale yeast at those temperatures. So you need to have enough yeast for the entire batch. Uh, when you pitch, I don't think you're going to get any growth whatsoever, or you know, very little growth. Uh, so, uh, those are my thoughts there. Any thoughts yeah, on that, John? Uh, the other thing I was thinking, if um, you know, if the yeast have been stored cold in the fridge, and then you bring them from the fridge to your starter, that's say at 52 degrees, um, or whatever the the cold temperature was. You know, if if that's the change in warmth that they see, mm. they may be slightly more active than, um, you know, to get them get them started in the starter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, there you go. Now, Nathan, he, he brews up where the uh, Yeti live. Ah. He says, uh, hi, Jamel and John. I browsed through Mr. Malty a few times, listened to your podcast on the BN, so I thought you guys might be able to help me with a question about yeast. I live at a bit over 9,000 feet right now, and I'm using the Fermentus USO5. I was wondering if being at such high altitude would affect the yeast and or fermentation. I know people brewing in Colorado have said any change is minimal, but I'm like 2,000 feet higher than most of them. Thanks. Well, you know, one thing that occurs to me is that the oxygen partial pressure at that altitude is much lower. Mm Mm-hmm. So your oxygen solubility in the wort is going to be much lower. Mm-hmm. Um, so you may have more issues getting the yeast, the oxygen they need. Right. Um, Health, healthy of yeast course, cells. And, and you can take it from there. I mean, there's a couple of ways to, to counter that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's a, a good point. And I think, um, you know, you may need to, yeah, increase your pitch rate or something like that. The other thing I'm thinking of is, you know, CO2, partial pressure of CO2 tends to suppress uh, ester production. So, you know, as you reduce the partial pressure of CO2 by going up at altitude, uh, you may actually get a little bit more estery beer. Mm, so yep, you might look at, um, you know, controlling growth even more or, you know, looking at different strains of yeast, something like that. Uh, it is a good question, though, and I'd, I'd be curious. I mean, I... I don't think you or I really know the answer to it, but uh, I think we can suppose a lot of things, and uh, I'm imagining Nathan has probably supposed the same things as well. We, you know, just John and I have not done any testing on that, so 
Hard to say for certain. All right, let's do this. Uh, one more short break. Uh, ran long on the other one. and uh, So we'll do one more short break, and then we'll wrap up with uh, another question or two right after this. BN Army Hop Tech has a great discount waiting for you. Do you often find it difficult to find specific specialty ingredients for your homebrew recipes? Well, listen to this. Hop Tech stocks 59 different grains to choose from, 39 varieties of pellet hops, and 8 kinds of whole leaf hops. And Hop Tech not only carries Y yeast and White Labs yeast for you, but also Fermentus, 04, 5, 6, 23, 33, and T58 Belgian yeast, plus Cooper's Nottingham and Windsor yeasts. Got your recipe ready to go? Pick up some great brew gear like new long and short sleeve shirts, games, and more. HopTech's new website is being updated every day with new items. If you don't see it, call the shop. They're open six days a week. BN Army and AHA members get a 10% discount, and active military personnel get 15% off. Visit HopTech.com today for great selection, great service, and a great discount. HopTech.com. That's it. I've had it. I am never putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a home brew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber special secret elite bare bones club where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit! NicoBrew.com N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W Nico Brew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. perfect for my next fermented creation! My father, the storm is too far away. We'll never have enough power to isomerize the creature's alpha acid. <laughs> yes, JP4, we will. For I have in my possession the Tower of Power! Glickman's new Tower of Power is the evolution of automation. Control hot liquor, sparge, and mash temps like a pro. The Tower of Power is a high-quality gas-fired rim system that works with your current brewing setup. With ultra-precision, the tower can hold your mash to one-half of a degree Fahrenheit. Precision and repeatability. The Tower of Power is the answer to automatic, fast ramp times. See more at BlickmanEngineering.com. Bring your next creation to life with the Tower of Power. Dr. Glickman, with the Tower of Power, you can probably give me an afternoon at the pub to Enjoy a pint? Don't be silly, JP. We have beer to brew. Have you ever been stuck with a last-minute brewing question? Maybe on a new piece of equipment or a recipe kit you haven't tried before. The Brewmeister knows how that feels and is here for you. The Brewmeister prides themselves on personal service and advice to all of their customers, whether in-store or online. The Brewmeister is a full-fledged home brew store, too, with all the ingredients and gear you need to make great beer and wine. You'll be glad you visited shopbrewmeister.com or one of their stores in Roseville or Folsom when you need to pick up the phone and get your brewing questions answered fast. Visit shopbrewmeister.com right now and see the personal difference the great team at the Brewmeister have to offer. If you visit today, use coupon code BNARMY and get 10% off your first order. Some conditions apply. The Brewmeister, personal service and advice with exceptional quality. Shopbrewmeister.com. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for any beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone certification program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones, no beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious, 
Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. All right, BN Army, it's trivia time. What's the only homebrew shop with over 1,000 recipe kits, $4.99 shipping on orders over 100 bucks, and is also home of the Wolf Shirt? The one and only answer is Austin Homebrew Supply. For over 20 years, they've specialized in creating recipes such as the best-selling Texas Blonde Ale, Apocalypso, Hot Bomb 2.0, and Double Chocolate Stout. And they just recently unveiled their small grain kits that produce one gallon of beer. Visit AustinHomebrew.com to browse their extensive catalog of equipment and ingredients. They also have many clone recipes of your favorite commercial beers. They're the exclusive retailer of Brew Vent Yeast Fuel as well, Yeast Nutrient, and the all-new Bodybuilder. Follow Austin Homebrew Supply on Google Plus to participate in video hangouts on popular brewing topics. So visit AustinHomebrew.com today and make sure you sign up for their weekly email with news and specials. Austin Homebrew Supply, AustinHomebrew.com. Back to the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys. Brew strong. All right, we're back. We're wrapping up this uh, episode of Brew Strong live Q&A session. We had a lot of questions, and then people tell me, it's like, oh, you know, you need to do topics. You can't do so many Q&A shows. Well, we get thousands of Q&A questions, so I kind of leave these unanswered. That's true. Yeah. You're having me crazy. you got to yeah. answer these. Say, Jamil, I, did, I, you know, I entered your name into the search engine at adamandeve.com. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it... it um, it said, text search Jamil shortened to jail. And then it came up with some different DVDs. To some look nice at. jail porn. All right. That's what I'm talking about. I could go for some jail porn. Uh, yeah, there's, one, there's one that interestingly looks that's titled Filth. Um, filth? Yeah. Mm. F I L F. I tell you. <laughs> If you're if you're uh, looking for a present for me, my birthday happens to be uh, the day of BNA eight in Philly. That's my birthday. So if you happen to be looking for a fine gift for me, AdamandEve.com. Especially if you use my name J A M I L as the offer code, I'd be I'd be touched with uh, any fine uh, pornographic DVDs, any filth, uh, giant dildos, whatever you want to uh, get me for my birthday. Sounds really good. Anything with boobs in it, uh, be really nice. Um, female boobs. Uh, you got to be specific in the beer world. Uh, yeah, otherwise I'm <laughs> just going to get a bunch of guys standing there going, uh, All right. Uh, Edna uh, writes, uh, Jamel, sorry to bother you. I know you're very busy. I want to ask a quick question of fermentation temperature. You mentioned in the last Brew Strong episode that you always want the temperature to be rising. Do you never crash cool? Currently where I am working, we always chill the fermentation. Depending on the Plato, we step the, chill the fermentation down until we get to 2C. I know some of the lager, uh, larger breweries uh, like Firestone Walker will chill after about a week. Is this just for clarity? Our beer is coming out very clean. I'm wondering if we're losing some flavorful fruity esters in the process. Also, I have another question on your thoughts on doing multi-step mashes for normal ales. Maybe leave this for another day. Many thanks, Edna. And uh, um, here's the thing. Um, <sighs> A rising temperature keeps the yeast active and helps the yeast clean up a lot of compounds. Um, you know, when the yeast slow down, there it takes them longer. There's compounds formed during fermentation that you want the yeast to consume or break down during the end of fermentation. If you are too quick to to cool the 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 beer, the yeast won't complete that process. So either leave it at that temperature, at fermentation temperature, or rise, make it rise slightly, and it will result in generally result in a cleaner beer. The other thing about crash cooling yeast is the stress of crash cooling. If you do it too rapidly, the yeast will express some of the compounds that are held internally that they're working on. Uh, you know, um, working on breaking down, utilizing for energy. Uh, and that will get expressed into the beer, and then you will get more uh, fruity esters, things like that. Yeah, so, acetaldehyde, uh, and so on. Yeah, so there's there's you know something 
you know that that's why I, I tend to go with the rising temperature. The thing is, if if your beer tastes great and you're certain of it, um, and other people say your beer tastes great, then well, you know you could stick with the way you're doing. I don't see anything uh, any issues there. Yeah. All right, I think the point is is that <clears throat> you want the, the the fermentation temperature to be high enough, long enough that all of these fermentation processes complete before you start the crash cooling process or the cooling process. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she mentioned, you know, her experience at Firestone or at her place of business, um, you know, and the beers turn out well, well, it's because the fermentation is done before they start cooling. Mm-hmm. And it is, and the, the whole point of cooling is just clarification at that point. All right. All right. Uh, one last qu- quick question here. John writes, um, I want to thank you for your programism shows. been thinking about a small brew pub here in Southern Oregon, and your shows gave me some good insight as to how to think. I was wondering if you knew of a good book that explains opening your own brewery or brew pub. Now, um, I think that there, you know, Dick Cantwell is coming out with a, a book on uh, opening a brewery, and I believe Ray Daniels is working on reworking the um, uh, starting a brewery book as well. I, I may be mistaken yeah. on that. Um, no, he is. Yeah, yeah, I, I that's I, coming out. Is. So there's a couple of probably. Uh, you know, I haven't seen them yet, but I imagine those are probably pretty decent options. And then uh, there's a few others out there. Uh, but I gotta ask, it's like, what didn't we cover in the Progasm show that you need to know? If you got some questions for the Progasm, and or some show ideas for the Progasm show, we'll do some more pro shows. Uh, people, send in your questions as to what you need to know for opening your own brewery. Uh, you know, if you can label it as such, uh, you know, pro Q&A or something, or pro show idea. Uh, we'll go ahead and we'll put together a couple of shows around that and uh, fill those out for you as well. Yep. All righty. Another great show, John. I think uh, I think we we spoke strong on Bruce Strong <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. I think it was a good afternoon. We did. Covered a lot of interesting questions. And- a good afternoon of Sierra Nevada Ruthless Rye, that's for sure. Yep. yep. All right. Well, and if you enjoyed this show, make sure you check with our sponsor, BlickmanEngineering.com. Blickman with two N's. Tell them how much you appreciate that they pay for this show so you can enjoy it. Uh, and we hope to see you out at uh, BNA8 and uh, the Philly Conference. Uh, if you haven't been uh, participating in that, you need to join the AHA. Uh, check that out, at uh, again, at TheBrewingNetwork.com. You can sign up for the AHA there, and a small slice goes back to the Brewing Network and uh, helps keep uh, both the AHA and the Brewing Network going. Two very worthy causes. Check out the store. There's lots of goodies in there, books, glasses, whatever. Till then, Bruce Strong. Bruce Strong, everybody. Bruce Strong, everybody.